Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today I have the pleasure of speaking to Ariel Bretter. She is a certified life coach. She is a host of a podcast. She's gonna tell us all about what she's doing. And, and I don't wanna spoil it because I think this time of the year, and especially going into a new year after a few really rough years that pretty much everybody has had, the timing of having Ariel here on the podcast with us is really good because she's all about positivity and you being the best version of yourself. And she'll talk about being a people pleaser and how to overcome those things that, so that you can be more successful. So I wanna welcome you to the show today, Ariel. Thank you so much for having me here, Alex. I'm really excited to be here and to share, you know, whatever knowledge I can with your audience. So thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. So let's go back to like way back when you started your blog, because I think that was your first entry into the, the world of online content. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that is correct. <laughs> it was like I've had quite the journey um, and I'll kind of go back a little bit before that to kind of you mm -hmm. know paint the picture of really how I got to where you know I am but yeah so my first kind of dive into being an entrepreneur is I got introduced to Mary Kay and I became a Mary Kay consultant and that really opened my eyes to you know especially for women but people in general can they can have more they can do more with their lives and also kind of along the time where I was getting more involved with Mary Kay and learning about personal development and self-help. I was also working a full-time job with people that were kind of like, work was their life. And it was kind of depressing. And I was just like, that is not where I want to be, you know, in 20, 30 years where all I have to look forward to on the weekends is doing more work that I don't really enjoy. Mm -hmm. So I really loved the idea of just, you know, being an entrepreneur and, you know, especially with Mary Kay, I had the opportunity to just work with women, make them feel beautiful. And I also kind of realized like a lot of women don't have that confidence, that self-confidence, and they don't think they're beautiful on the inside or outside. So like so many little things can just be so life-changing. And I, you know, really wanted to focus on that and share my journey. Cause along the way I learned that, you know, I was going through some things and the more that I talked with other people and, uh, you know, was vulnerable and they were vulnerable with me, I was like, it's so helpful to just realize like, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I, you know, decided to go into blogging as well. And the blog, it's still up and I don't write as much on there anymore, but the blog was Be Beautiful Chick. And I, I like called that. it, yeah, I called it, it's like, be you full and I wanted it because that's I believe that when you are yourself and you're really yourself like that's beautiful like we are all beautiful in different ways we all have our own unique talents and gifts and we need to share them with the world and we need to own that so that's kind of that's kind of where that all started yeah you know it's interesting because when you're talking to me about that and 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 I tell this audience often especially the our listeners who are you know work working a full time and they're 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 trying to do their side hustle to turn it into a business. Yeah. And I say just look be patient. It takes mm -hmm. time. And if you decide that you just want your side hustle to just be that because you want the safety security of a full time job on this podcast, I tell people we're not here to you know make it sound like being an entrepreneur and your own boss is the best thing. It's yeah. just the thing for some people, not for everyone. Right. 
But one thing that I find interesting in the in in what you mentioned there about being yourself and and uh, hopefully people accepting you for who you are mm-hmm. is that I have found it in the mainstream world the nine to five job. I, I in the last twenty years I only had a, a period of about two years that I contracted for a large corporation, mm-hmm. and and so that was like my my like shock. Like, yeah. I, I can't do this. And I, I found that that for me was that, that I couldn't fit into that box, you know? Yeah. And so I was probably an annoyance for everyone. And so I just said, well, let me just go right back into entrepreneurship because this is, this is not for me. And so yeah. what I say is that it's, if, if you're in this world where you're in a big company, it's a little bit harder to, to fit in and be yourself yeah. because there are these expectations that maybe one company and a set of values impose on the employees and it, and it may be good for you but not good for somebody else right so if we take a company let's say like disney um mm-hmm. versus a company like let's say chick-fil-a or like amazon or starbucks like from the yeah. top down there's like there's a completely different cultures right and and that's probably when it comes to the the the, the thinking of freedom and entrepreneurship. I'd love for you to talk to me about that and how owning your own sort of destiny and, 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 and it's lonely doing it alone in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, but talk to me about like how, how powerful that freedom to be yourself has been for you. Yeah. And, you know, I th- I want to touch on a few things because I know I packed a lot there, but <laughs> yeah, but like, I want to say that, yes, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And that is something that I kind of realized myself is because I, you know, was on this path with Mary Kay. Cause I saw, I saw like the possibility of, you know, build being a director in the company going up mm-hmm. that route, but then I really became really self-aware of what it was that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And it was getting to talk to women and make and encourage them and make them feel better about themselves. So that's how I got into coaching. And I've had I've kind of dabbled in a lot of different things. Um, like I also have a background in bookkeeping. So I did that's bookkeeping helpful. for small businesses. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be what's like the moneymaker. And I always kind of looked at the things that I was like good at or had a little bit of an interest in as like, this can make me money and I want to be an entrepreneur. So let me try it. But I didn't really like think fully through it of like, all right. Like I kind of like the concept of Ikigai of like the, you love what you do and, and you're good at it and someone's going to pay you for it. That's right. And like, I kind of had parts of that, but I was also like in each one of like with the Mary Kay and with the bookkeeping, I'm like, I don't super like love all aspects of it. It was like, yeah, people will pay me for it, but it wasn't super fulfilling in in every aspect. So it's kind of like, I've been on this journey, really becoming more self-aware and honest Mm -hmm. with myself and looking at what I actually wanted. Because I think the other thing that with entrepreneurs, we can see, you know, oh, so-and-so is doing this. That must be the way to go. Let me follow that blueprint. That's going to be the thing that makes me money. But it's like, but do you actually enjoy it? Or is that even actually what you want? And I think there are so many different things that you can do to find the place that you want to fit in. Because, you know, for me, I actually have kind of really pieced together my career with working as an entrepreneur, working part-time. Now I'm actually doing more full-time on top of like my side gigs, Mm -hmm. but it's 
I've found what actually makes me happy. And it's not just the thing of like, I don't want to work full time. It's like, I don't want to work full time in a thing I don't like. But now I'm lucky that I'm doing something that like combines all of my things of, you know, coaching and working with people and working with businesses and there's different stuff all the time. It's like, that's what I really enjoy. But it's like, you know, you kind of have to evaluate, is it that you really want to be on your own or what is Mm -hmm. it that you want to do and kind of find that, like that balance in the middle. So it can be a different journey for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. And I I just, you know, what I think that I hear from most seasoned entrepreneurs, people who have gone through it and pivoted a hundred times and tried a bunch of different things you have, I have, is that, you you know, while you do have to take some risks and at times you're fear, fearful and then you lose that fear because you go, oh, it's no big deal. You know, challenges are going to be ahead and, and then you just keep moving forward and you love yeah. that freedom either way. But what I found is that, and tell me if if you have experienced this, that when it's time for you to close out a, a, let's say a chapter, I'll call them chapter or you call them seasons of life, because I think seasons of life is more appropriate because things happen. So I've had times where even though something, a project or a new Mm -hmm. initiative is going well, it doesn't fit that season of life. So it means you pull back and you pivot and you're sometimes you're emotionally attached to it, but it's okay. You move on. What I hear a lot of people say, this is great freedom. You do all that, Alex. But the thing is that, gosh, I just don't don't want to tell people I'm about to do this big thing and let's say write a book. And then if it's not a super success, then I'm just going to feel like a failure. So like for you, you've had a lot of different jobs and entrepreneurial gigs and you've kind of gone back forth for whatever fits you at that moment so that you could be happy Yeah. instead of just doing like, look, build a company, get employees, grow, exit. That's not really entrepreneurship there because that's building a company, a machine. And Mm -hmm. early on, I thought that that's what I wanted to do too. And over time, I figured that I was just a better fit to work with different people and helping them grow their company. Yeah, And it sounds like you're in that world too. So I I think there's just so much room out there if you want to be an entrepreneur to, to, to go help other people. And you're doing that with the life coach and with the, with your podcast and everything else. But, but how has that worked for you when you're trying to switch gears? I mean, emotionally (laughs) it's, it's draining, isn't it? Oh yeah. And that's such a good question because that is something that, especially over the past year or two that I've had to really deal with as I've kind of shift gears and, you know, especially, and that's kind of when I really realized that I was a people pleaser because I felt so much guilt of like, you know, because I stopped being a Mary Kay consultant a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And I, I knew for a while that wasn't what I wanted to do anymore, but I just like was so afraid to tell people because it's like, I told everyone I was going to earn the car. I was going to become a right director. On. This is what I'm going to do. And then it, to me, I felt like I failed, mm-hmm. but then it's like, I really had to let it go for myself. But then I think other people, like we're just always so hard on ourselves and we think Mm -hmm. that other people will see us as a failure or like, oh, they're always hopping around, but no, people are actually like really impressed and proud of you. And then, you know, it's like I, when I said goodbye to my customers, like I felt guilty, but it was like, 
No, they were happy for me and for my next season of life. And they were glad that they got to know me and to work with me. And then again, when I stopped doing some bookkeeping, I felt kind of guilty. Like, oh no, they're never going to find another bookkeeper. Like, that's not true. (laughs) Like there's other people out there. Like you don't have to be the person that's doing everything for everybody. So for me, it was like, a lot of guilt, but I did also have that shame too of like, I I said I was going to do this and it didn't work out, but that's just so much internal chatter that doesn't serve us where we can like instead kind of, you know, reframe it, especially as, you know, um, we're kind of dealing with learning how to like exit something that, you know, didn't work out in the way Mm -hmm. we wanted, you know, you don't have to tell everybody like, oh, I completely failed and I need to leave Mm -hmm. this, but just, you know, I'm closing this chapter, but I'm really excited about this next thing that I'm doing because people, they don't know the full story. You know, we see the full story and might be like, oh, I spent a lot, wasted a lot of time and money on that, but no one actually knows. Like they only, you know, see what you share with them. So you can also like not share the full story, but just kind of like the lessons you learned or what you got out of it. But what's next? Like be excited about that and people will be excited with you. And yeah, they think you're a rock star. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's the, the path. What I found. Yeah, and it's that path too, right? That, that there's a lot of uncertainty, and you, while you can try to take full control of a destiny, and you certainly do as an entrepreneur as much as one can. Yeah. There's still going to be things that you didn't plan for that are going to mm-hmm. take you in this direction or that direction. But for you, like, what, how, what kind, like, how do you build a community? I'm talking about for yourself because I know you do it for your clients with the life coaching, with everything that you're doing with the consulting uh, for other business owners, but like for yourself and for our listeners to hear here, like, what do you do to have that support system in place? Aside from the consultants that you might pay, you know, because that's great to have like a business coach, a life coach. (laughs) But if, if you're like, look, I, I don't know, I can't lean on family because maybe family is sometimes can be tough. Yeah. I can't go tell all my friends or neighbors or whoever, where else do you go for that? You know, and again, again, for some people it's spiritual, it's meditating. I mean, there's lots of different places you can go, but how do you keep yourself like pumped every day? Because as I said, you know, being a solopreneur, especially women or men in those first few years, it is very, very lonely. And you you can't spend all day telling people how hard it was. Even if you right. pay them, because they, because I, I know I've, I've had coaches in my life. They're not yeah. there to tell you, oh yes, it's okay. No, they're there to like kick you in the butt, right? Make sure you go in the right direction and, yeah. and not be so, so hard on yourself, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, my first thought was like, oh, I've got a coach, <laughs> but in addition to that though, like I love listening to just like positive things. So like, I mean, yeah. I love podcasts obviously. And then, I mean, I'll just go to YouTube in the morning and type in like morning motivation or something and like hear, you know, speakers and just kind of things that are like, it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, Dead the talks, things, yeah. yeah, it's like the things that we know, but it's like, we need to hear it and remind ourselves. So I love listening to things. I mean, and even just like happy music kind of gets me uplifted. And I do, I love to work out and run. And so just having like, I have, I'm in a running community. So having other people to run with and just kind of like, you know, they don't fully get everything and I don't share everything, but just again, having some support in other areas of life, like through running and working out. And I do yoga as well. And that's actually, you know, has been kind of a game changer for me. And I feel like it's so like, 
cliche to be like, oh, like do yoga. It's like that <laughs> self-help and healthy. But for me, it like really did because, you know, I mean, you focus on your breath and just like a lot of the things that happen on the mat, like they talk about, you know, that like it's your practice and like even like one side of your body might be different from the other side of your body and that's okay but it's like focus on yourself and what you're doing and so like as an entrepreneur that has helped me to just like all right I'm going to run my own race or you know like I'm doing this for me and it may look different than someone else and that's okay and also I can't compare myself to someone who's fully doing you know, the hands, the headstands, because they've been practicing yoga for years when like, I just started just like with a business. If you've just started, you can't compare yourself to someone who's like sharing, you know, their revenue every month. And you're like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get there? Like they started small, just like you. So I love kind of using, um, when I'm like working out and stuff like that kind of helps me see some analogies when it comes to like entrepreneurship and stuff. And then I'm also in some different Facebook groups that, um, you know, are for business owners, especially like women business owners. And then I'm also, I'm very introverted. So I'm in some Facebook groups that are for like introverted entrepreneurs, which is helpful because <laughs> we see our struggles. I'm like, oh, we had to people today. It was hard, but got to, got to do it and get out of our shell. So yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing I love. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting because you, you mentioned there, you know, YouTube and, and of course, Facebook. And yeah. I find it that sometimes depending on where you are with a project you have to be very selective yeah of the information that you let in because you and i know and every listener knows here that let's face it like the majority of the stuff the content that are on every platform out there yeah. is not that good and is not a good fit for you right. so it's hard to protect yourself because of course the algorithm wants you to just waste as much time as possible right yeah so i tell people you know one advice I give people is that is that you have to be really selective um, of the channels of the people that you, you know, the, the content that you absorb, because mm -hmm. in those feeds, you know, while you want to go this way, they want you to go that way. So they want you to feed you more and more, right. you know, more ads. And so do you ever feel that way when you're on social media where you're positive, you're feeling good? Uh -huh. And then you see something else that just kind of takes you down. And if so, how do you get around that? Do you just curate certain channels and then you just go to them versus the, the whole community? Because the whole community is a mess. And I feel oh, like yeah. for a lot of people, it's very dangerous to say, let me just type in, you know, uh, you know, motivational entrepreneurship. And then you hear right. some guy who's selling you like a million things. Oh yeah. Uh, and then before you know it, you're like, oh, I feel terrible about myself, you know? <laughs> yeah. So talk to me about that because that's that, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally a real thing. I, it's like sometimes I'll feel good about myself. And then, you know, especially my trap is like Instagram, and I'll start scrolling through Instagram and then I see other people that are coaches and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I should be doing that, or like yeah. they did that really well. And so, like when I catch myself doing that, you know sometimes I'm quicker about it than other times, <laughs> but you know, I'll, yeah, it's like, I'll either get out of the app or if it's someone like that, I kind of see that's like constantly triggering me or content that's triggering, I'll mute the person. Um, so that way they don't show up on my feed for, you know, a while. And, and if I decide to follow them back, 
like, you know, I will. And I, I mean, I even tell like my friends and the people I talk to, like, if you need to mute me, cause I'm too positive for you, you can mute me. And like, <laughs> you need to see like, you know, other stuff that's like more venting for a while and then come back when you're ready for the positivity. Cause I totally get, it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes things can be overly positive or overly like go out and do it. And you're like, that's not the mood I'm in. So it really is kind <laughs> of like, being aware and catching yourself as early as you can to either unfollow people or switch channels or, you know, do something else that you know is going to feel good for you. And, and just have that kind of running list of like, what does feel good for you? Like you need to just get up and actually go outside, go for a walk or, or find, um, like I do have on YouTube, like uh, saved videos that are like funny. So I can like go back and look at these videos that are going to be like, all right, I know this is going to make me laugh. So, you know, that will stop that cycle um, or have like a friend on board that, you know, like that you can reach out to and they're going to make you smile or something. So kind of having these these plans in place of like, all right, if I go down a bad rabbit hole, I can get myself out of it with something else that's going to make me feel better and and know what you need too, because like it may not be that I need to talk to the friend that's going to give me the positive pep talk. It might be like, I need the friend that's going to let me sit here and vent or something. (laughs) So being aware of that too. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I think online for so many people, it can be, you know, from one moment to the next uh, great and then horrible because you, you don't really control the feed, you know? So I try to be like very specific about the channels that I follow. Mm-hmm. But even like, for example, I, I subscribe to maybe like a handful of newsletters, very yeah. selective. I, I have my own newsletter, so I get it when people unsubscribe. I, I get it, you know, yeah. maybe the, the content is changing. Maybe they don't like it. I'm not offended. Just like you said, if they want to mute you, no problem. But yeah, with like newsletters and podcasts and videos and whatnot, I, I see sometimes like I'm following a creator uh, where I really am enjoying their mm-hmm. content, uh, particularly there's one right now that I just unsubscribed to their newsletter and I emailed the guy I said, Dan, love your content. I've been following yeah. you for years, you know, but honestly, over the past two months, your obsession with Elon Musk is not healthy. <laughs> and right. It, and if I, again, if I wanted to go to mainstream, I can mm-hmm. turn on any financial news, any news, go on YouTube. It, that's all they're talking about, right? How horrible right. he's working on Twitter and this and SpaceX. It's like, I get it, you know, but he's one guy and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, the, the stories are saturated and I just don't want to hear so much negativity from either side. Exactly. So I said, I, if, if I could put in like a negative keyword, if you're talking about Elon Musk, I'm blocking all your content, <laughs> you know? And I said, look, let me know when you're done talking about Elon Musk, because every single edition of his newsletter over the last two months, yeah. which happens to be a really good entrepreneurship newsletter is yeah is got two, three stories about Elon. And it's like, it's just not healthy for you, Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. but it's definitely not healthy for me. And I just kind of open and scroll and go, okay, I'm gone. Yeah. So I guess the whole point of this is that just to stay positive and make, you know, and, and make sure that you get the best content, as you mentioned, Ariel, mm-hmm. which is what you need at that moment. You, yeah. you have to be very, very deliberate mm-hmm. and, and, and driven and purposeful about what you let in because if you're not careful, you could you can go come in and out of different days yeah. absorbing content that's actually not helping you. 
Right. And just thinking about that um, along the lines of like unsubscribing from like newsletters and stuff, because sometimes like I will subscribe to someone's newsletter and it's it's what I need in that like season of my life or at that moment. But then sometimes like I'll stay on it and Mm. then none of their content is relevant for me. But I I used to have the problem of like, oh, I'm just going to save this and maybe I'll need it one day. But now I'm just like, if I don't want to look at it within like the first couple days, like I will delete it or I will unsubscribe if it is like very often. And I just kind of trust that like, if I ever need this content again or anything similar, it will come to me at the right time. Like I don't need someone's like free five-day challenge from two years ago. Like I don't need to go back to that, (laughs) but I'll trust that if I need that, I will find that source that I need. So that's just something I want to share is like, if you're holding on to anything because you think you need it, like mm-hmm. it's okay to let it go, especially for, I mean, just like your, your mental inbox. <laughs> and so how about like your commitments, you know, um, because I think you're in a interesting place right now where, where you're, you've gone back to a full-time position, but yeah. you're still running your businesses. You're still yeah. running your consulting and still doing the podcast. That's a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that? Because I feel like so many creators and entrepreneurs, you know, they, they, they sort of, they come in and, mm-hmm. and into a business and they start to create content. And after a very short period, yeah. if it's not like blowing up, which most don't go viral, yeah. right? Yeah. Then they're gone. So how do you stay committed with that? Because you, you would agree that creating content for your audience is important, right? Yeah. Oh Yeah. It's important and it's definitely a challenge. And I will say like, since I've gone back to full time, I have not been producing content. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's like one of the things like I know what I should be doing, but I haven't done it. I'm hoping to get back on track, but it is like, it really is like the systems that you create, like create a system so that you can like batch content or like save your ideas that when you are ready to like work on something that it's there for you. And also like give yourself some grace. That's like been my biggest thing of giving myself grace is like, I know that I just don't have like the time right now to focus as much on like releasing content, but I know that it's coming back and like, yes, it's like hurting what I'm doing, but for my own mental health and sanity, I'm like, it's okay that I'm, that I'm not releasing the content as I used to, but it's like, I have like a, uh, I'm working on a plan to kind of get that back in into place. And like, I know it will be okay. But yes, I think just kind of like really knowing what your um, priorities are and understanding like, what's the purpose of your content? Well, let me, let me, you know, I, I set you up because I had a sort of a, a, a comment that I wanted to make on that yeah. with, with that statement. And it, and, and it is this, if, if you're listening to marketers out there, content marketers who are telling you based on what Google or the algorithm of some social media platform tells you that you should yeah. create content every day, all year long, that yeah. is complete and utter horseshit. And here's yeah. why. <laughs> because in traditional content publishing, whether it's print publishing, right? Like magazines, uh-huh. right? Or, or television or radio. Yeah. Um, most of the greatest like pieces of like long form content 
existed in seasons, right? And, and they would sort of yeah. come in, come out, right? Not all year long, not 52 weeks of the year. So what I try to tell entrepreneurs who are struggling with that is I say, whether it's a newsletter or a blog post, whatever it is you're going to do, yeah. forget what content marketers are telling you. Because content marketers, if they're working at a big brand, their goal is just to sell, 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 sell. So yep. it's like, let me figure out how to send a thousand offers a year to this person with coupons. Yeah. And the content around it is just basically to get you to open, but I'm trying to sell you something. Whereas right. if you're a creator or an entrepreneur, you got to get it out of your head that you need to do it all year long. Maybe you yeah. only need to do it four months out of the year. Yeah. Um, because I also, I also found, I guess, to your point, Ariel, mm -hmm. is that sometimes you're engaged with someone or, 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 or a particular creator and when you haven't heard from them for a while and they come back and they tell you, like I had one that said recently, Hey, I'm taking the summer off. Yeah. I was like, I'm so happy for them. And I can't wait to hear how their summer went with their kids or whatever, you know? And yeah. when they came back, they did that, but they took three months off. And I've, I've done that year in, year out. And I get mm -hmm. pushback from other marketers who are like, how come you're not consistent? I'm like, no, I am consistent. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm consistent on taking three to four months off of producing content, right? As is the case for every other medium out there. So I, I just want people to understand that you don't have to do this 365 days a year, unless you're exactly. a large corporation who's trying to rank number one on page one because of SEO and whatnot. And even then there's no guarantee. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I totally agree that you can take a break from it. And that's kind of what I was like, what's the purpose of your content? And sometimes it might be that you're launching a program or something. And if the program, you know, if you're launching at certain time periods or whatever, that's might be when you're like pushing out content heavily, but it is okay to take a break. And then you can also like reuse content as well, or create something yeah. that you can use several times and not make it so hard on yourself and, you know, not keep reinventing the wheel. And I think also the other thing is, yeah, I think it, I do like when people kind of give you a heads up because you like know they're like coming back or like you expect right. it. But the other thing is like, sometimes, you know, I'll follow someone, haven't seen them in a while and then I'll see them again. And then it's almost like, oh, I didn't really like realize they were gone. But, <laughs> <laughs> but when they start coming back up on your feed, like that's good too. But, you know, I think again, it's just kind of like, we all have this perception of like, everyone's going to like notice, notice everything we do or don't do. And I don't think that's always like the case of like, we're not really under everyone's microscope. And again, it's like, you got to do it for yourself. And you've got a one thing that kind of changed the way that I looked at doing content mm -hmm. was like, I feel like it's all like, you know, before it's like, oh, I got to put this out so I can get a lot of likes and all of this. It was like, no, like put the content out for yourself. Like, so that you feel good about it, you know, that you're putting out this content into the world and if no one looks at it, it'll be okay. Like you did well, it because you wanted to do it. Well, some, some people will look at it almost always. The thing is that I think people have to get away from is listening to the, the big creators, the big influencers, right? Yeah. Um, because that's a different business model. As, as I'll always say, like, if you put out a video on YouTube and you get 10 views, but it's the right 10 views. Right. Yeah. That's I would prefer to have that over a thousand views or a million likes or whatever the case is. I just yeah. think that you have to, you know, target the right audience and mm -hmm. be okay with not those sorts of metrics that really mean nothing to you. 
I mean, yeah. you'll know if your content is serving people because people will tell you. And if you ask right. people, they will say, yeah, sure. I got that. I like that. I didn't do that. And you should be doing that anyways. But for you, as we get towards the end of the podcast here, Ariel, I'd love for you to just kind of hit on the 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 type of life coaching that you do and how it can help women. Talk to us about that a little bit and how how you've improved, you know, the way the, the people that you consult with, like the way they, they work. And you, you talked about being a people pleaser and helping people <laughs> overcome that. So, so give us a, a few sort of examples and, and things that we can close out the podcast with in positivity here. Yeah. So like my mission right now is to really help um, women that have people pleasing tendencies just take back control of their life and um, embrace who they truly are so that they can live life on their terms. Mm -hmm. And it's really about helping women stop thinking that they should be doing things. I think so often we're like, oh, we, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. But like getting rid of the shoulds and not feeling guilty about it and actually putting yourself and your needs first. Because I truly believe that when you like actually take care of yourself you know, um, and that can mean a variety of different things. It could mean, you know, you're just eating healthier for yourself. You're working out or you're working on your mental health or, you know, whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And when you're doing stuff that like fills you up, then that's going to just pour out onto other people. And it's going to make you a better mom. It's going to make you a better wife. It's going to make you a better colleague. Like, People will want to be around you. And it just, and that is really kind of how, you know, thinking, you know, I always love working with entrepreneurs and stuff, but I was always like, it starts with the person. So it's like, yeah, it's like, you can't run a business successfully and feel good. I mean, I guess you could, but to me, I'm like, it's a struggle. It's harder to run a business when like you are not happy with yourself Mm -hmm. and like what you're doing. And it will just be easier when you really take care of yourself and put yourself first. And then, so like, I loved, um, talking about like your core values and really living in alignment with your core values and setting boundaries. A lot of times us people pleasers, we just want to do everything for everybody, even if it inconveniences us, even if we aren't really capable of the job, we will like stress ourselves out, making ourselves capable because we said yes, or we Mm -hmm. don't want to disappoint people. Um, but really setting those boundaries. And then once you are like clear on your values and then you stick to boundaries to help you live in alignment with those boundaries. And then you, you know, really take care of yourself and love yourself and practice that self-love and that self-care. That's when everything just really falls into place. So I just, and I love helping women feel like, like they're enough because I think so many women don't feel like they're enough, but it's like, you are enough just as you are. And I mean, it's just life-changing, just like little things to kind of shift your mindset and, you know, shift what you're doing can just have a huge impact in how you show up in the world and, and know that you're made for more than, you know, if you want more, that it's, that there's more available to you. I think um, my mission really comes from, I have been unhappy in my life and I have dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression and I know what it feels like to feel those things. So it's like, I don't want other people to feel that way. So it's like, if I can help someone in their life, not feel that way and actually feel like they're enjoying their life, that's what I want to do. 
Well, the call to action was let's end it on a positive note. You definitely <laughs> ended it. It was it was like a sermon. I mean, it was good. <laughs> it was really good. But I, I love that yeah. everything that you said there. And I know that on your website with your podcast, you talk a lot about all these topics. So what's yeah. the best place for our listeners to learn more about you and what you do and all that positive, all that positivity that you have to offer? Everybody? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The best place for everything is my website, arielbretter.com. And that's where you can find all the links like my podcast. I love Instagram. Um, and then if you want to work with me, you know, as a, for me to be your coach, you can find information there. So yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much, Alex. This is wonderful. 